It's an obscure <laughs> reference, isn't it's it? It's so obscure. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, everybody. Uh, coming up next, we are going to discuss on-property hotels versus off-property hotels on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 773, for the week of February 3rd, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Tyler Allen. Hey. Kathy Whirling. <laughs> uh, back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producer, Craig Williams, and Rhino Clavin. So welcome to the show, everybody. Um, uh, I offered to host this particular segment this week for Dustin because uh, um, I just, I guess I know more about the hotels. Yeah. You want to make sure there's no fist fight? Make, yeah. <laughs> you know. So... Uh, I and I it's also something I enjoy talking about because there's so much to discuss when it comes especially off property and uh, it's something that you know I've been doing for a long time so I think there's a lot that we can discuss a lot of information that we can share that will help people in terms of making that uh, that decision now last week we did a poll and we asked whether or not you would consider staying off-site um, it was no surprise uh, 59% of you said, nope, you are Disney all the way. Uh, 26% said, maybe if the price was right. 15% said, you often stay off-site. And I think the first thing I want to do is just kind of dis- uh, explain, when I say off-site, what it is I mean. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are uh, different areas surrounding Walt Disney World that we look at when we think about off-site hotels. You have the Lake Buena Vista uh, area, which is the area, technically the town that Disney is in is called Lake Buena Vista. And this includes Hotel Plaza Boulevard. Now, they call them the Seven Sisters, those seven hotels that exist on Hotel Plaza Boulevard. Don't ask me to name them, although I probably could. Uh, But those are called the official hotels of Walt Disney World. They are not Disney-owned, but they are and probably have the closest relationship with Disney of any hotels in the area. Um, some of them have a lot of the perks. Um, not well. I shouldn't say some of them. Very few of them, actually. I think the Hilton's the only. The Hilton's one. the only one that has early entry and some of the other perks associated with uh, being on site. But they are considered official hotels of Walt Disney World. Uh, just outside of Hotel Plaza Boulevard, which is that road that leads right into Downtown Disney, you have a number of hotels in that area, uh, especially. Uh, back over on uh, Palm Parkway, which is where you have a, a, a large number of suite hotels uh, that seem to be very, very popular over there. But you also have the Marriott World Center. You have Buena Vista Suites, one of our one of our sponsors. Uh, it's a great hotel. Um, you have the Nickelodeon uh, Kid Suites uh, is over there as well. Then you have the Kissimmee area, which is uh, Highway 192. Earl Brunson Highway is also uh, what it's called. 
And uh, Kissimmee, uh, the Kissimmee area hotels tend to be less expensive. It's a little further away. Um, Highway 192 is also referred to locally as the concrete jungle. Um, it is not exactly, uh, I'm not going to say it's run down or anything. There are sections of it that are, but, uh, you know, it's just, there are a lot of buildings. There's a lot of buildings, a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels. Um, but there are also places that are right off of 192 that you would never guess. And I want to make special mention of Dreams Villas, John's, uh, John's Vacation Homes. Correct. I want to talk about 192 for a minute. Um, they just are going through a revitalization project. Some of the area is actually quite beautiful. Um, they're redoing much of 192 right around the 535 Disney area. It's called the beautification. Beautification. Um, improved with links, bus routes, and things like that, so easy transportation. Uh, Dreams Villas is about five miles from Disney property, give or take where, you're, where you want to enter. Eight miles from the main entrance, five miles from back by downtown Disney, and uh, we offer three and four bedroom vacation homes. So if you're looking for a home rather than a hotel room, come to us. All and right. it's very easy to get to Disney property from here. Yes, it is. I think very so. quick, very quick. So you have the Kissimmee area, and then you also have uh, International Drive. And International Drive technically really is broken up into three sections. Um, you have the section closest to Disney property, which is kind of right behind the premium outlets and where Buena Vista Suites is. A lot of timeshare units are back there. This is uh, right up near SeaWorld. Um, and uh, what is that road that cuts through uh, in front of SeaWorld? Uh, Central Florida Parkway. Central Florida Parkway. So uh, that's the section of Central Florida Parkway after SeaWorld or before SeaWorld, depending on which way you're going. Between Central Florida Parkway and Kirkman Road, you have what's known as Plaza International. And uh, that's where the convention center is. Uh, the, Rosen, uh, the Rosen Hotel is there. The Peabody, I think it is. Um, several other hotels. Lots of really cool uh, restaurants. Uh, Cafe Tutu Tango, which I love, is over there. There's a Bahama Breeze over there. Point Orlando. Point Orlando is there, which it, is some great shopping and dining. And in my and in my mind, probably the best movie theater in Orlando. It's even the largest IMAX movie theater in Central Florida. Yeah, too, or in Florida. Period. I think. And and this is a good section, uh, a, a good place to stay, if you want something that's kind of right between Universal and Disney. Very easy to get to Disney from there. Very easy to get to Universal from there. And a lot of people that are splitting their stay, or even a lot of people that are staying at, you want to go to Universal. Uh, Plaza International, that section, uh, is is not too bad. There's some very good hotels there. They are beautiful. The problem with that area is when there's a convention in It's very crowded. Mm -hmm. It's it's a parking lot. It's very (laughs) crowded. Then you have the area of International Drive on the other side of Kirkman, and that's an area I simply don't recommend. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is on the other side of Wet n' Wild, and uh, it's just not a nice area. It's not dangerous. It's just not nice. Uh, the hotels are run down, most of them. Uh, some of them have, I think there's one exception to that is Coco Key, uh, which is a hotel and water park uh, in one. Uh, fairly nice rooms. Um, and I know a lot of money has been spent rehabilitating it. At one point, it was not a nice place. But I haven't been over there in a little while, so I don't know the state of it now. The Rosen Hotels along there. The Rosen Dome Hotels are nice also. But that's also on Plaza International. But they're also on the other side. There are Rosen Hotels. Oh, that's right. That's right. Along the 
The problem is it's a tacky tourist corridor. Very bad. Mm-hmm. The hotels sit a block off that road, but you still have to go through there. There's a lot of tacky tourist stuff. You can get five t-shirts for $10 kind of thing. <laughs> Pet exactly. live alligators. So <laughs> those, are, those are the main areas when I talk about staying off-site that um, um, I'm discussing. Um, obviously, the biggest draw for staying on property is the convenience. Uh, the services that Disney offers and they have gotten very good in recent years at drawing people away from staying off site with the, you know, obviously the all stars were, were built for that specific purpose. Pop century. I remember when pop century opened, uh, there were a number of hotels, especially on one ninety two, that closed because it just mm-hmm. took too much business away. When you open that many rooms, art of animation has drawn. There was also, there was a great big thing between Disney and Osceola County. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they had the uh, Pop Century, I believe, has 1,192 rooms. Hmm. They did that sort of as a slap. (laughs) Um, And yeah, Disney definitely has had an impact on uh, on Highway 192 in particular. But I think in in general, all of the, the the hotels off-site hotels in the area. But what it did do was it forced the hotels that survived to lower their rates. Uh, so that, you know, again, that's the, the point of competition is that it does drive down prices. Um, Disney gets away with charging more because you are quote unquote on site. And there are all the perks that go along with being a, a Disney, a Disney guest, not the least of which is transportation. And this is where, and you know what? I should also mention when I talk about Lake Buena Vista, I'm sorry, let me backtrack just a second. When I talk about Lake Buena Vista, I'm remiss to not mention Bonnet Creek, the Bonnet Creek Resort area. This is where you have, there's a Wyndham back there. There's a Wyndham timeshare that also rents as hotel rooms, which I hear is stunning. There's the Hilton Bonnet Creek, which is, I'm not a huge fan of Hilton's. This is a gorgeous hotel, and the rooms are gorgeous. An incredible location. Incredible location. You see pretty much every firework on property. You can, absolutely. This hotel. Along with uh, probably what, what I think pro, I think I, I can safely say, in terms of off-property hotels, best pool. Best pool. The Lazy River is awesome. It's a great pool. And right next door is the Waldorf, the Waldorf Astoria. Um, and it's a Waldorf Astoria, not part of the Waldorf collection. It's a Waldorf Astoria. It's the only other Waldorf Astoria outside of New York City. And <laughs> it's an amazing, beautiful, beautiful hotel. And, and I that's tell, where Bull and Bear is. And that's where the Bull and Bear is. We had an amazing meal there not too long ago. Um, and one of the things I, I tell people, uh, Waldorf, because that name, people hear Waldorf, and they're not even going to look at it. They figure it's going to cost too much money. There, it is not unusual to find rooms at the Waldorf less expensive than at that Hilton that's next door. That Hilton fills up. That Hilton fills up. And like all hotels, they yield their rates. So the, you know, the more full the hotel is, the higher the rates go on the remaining rooms. So there are often times where the Hilton is at 75, 80, 85% occupancy. So maybe the rate for that room is 279 a night. Whereas the Waldorf might be at forty five percent occupancy, and their room's going to be at one ninety nine a night. I've seen it happen multiple times. So if you're looking in the Bonnet Creek area, 
And you, you should always, always, always compare the Waldorf because you can on select dates. It all depends on occupancy. But sometimes you absolutely can find a lower rate at a Waldorf. And it's a Waldorf, and it's incredible. So <clears throat> we talk about staying on site in the perks. Obviously, you get things like early entry. Big one is the Disney transportation. And this is where Disney kills a lot of other, uh, a lot of the hotels off-site, because even the best of them can't match every 15 minutes. You know, I know people can complain about Disney transportation, but generally speaking, the buses run every 15 minutes, going from the resorts to the theme parks, downtown Disney, transportation and ticket center. Whereas off-site, what you're looking at in terms of transportation. Is and you'll you'll see the words when you see the the advertisements, scheduled transportation, which means we're going to run one or one two or three shuttles in the morning, one two or three shuttles at night. So you're going to go in the morning, you're going to come back at night. If you want to come back in the middle of the day to take a break and go back, you're taking a cab. Uh, so one of the things you have to factor in is that. When staying, when, when deciding to stay off-site, yeah, the price, maybe you're getting the room for half price, but do you have to rent a car? And then if you do have a car, you're not going to get free parking <laughs> like you would if you're staying at a Disney Resort hotel. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. It's another perk of staying on-site yeah. is free parking. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to pay that. What is it now? $15? So that's a consideration. You Unless don't. you have an annual pass, oh, yeah. and then you right. get in. If you have the annual pass, um, the other perk, a little more, a little more generic, but something that I consider is theming. Is that atmosphere that Disney? There's that Disney element to the Disney-owned hotels that not even the best off-site hotels can capture. With, in my opinion, and I know some of you may disagree with me with one exception, Swan and Dolphin. Now, Swan and Dolphin is in a special category because they are on site. They are right next to the Yacht and Beach Club and the Boardwalk. They're in the same loop around Crescent Lake, walking distance to Epcot. Um, They are both uh, considered uh, deluxe hotels. One is managed by Starwood, the other by by Weston. The Swan is Weston, the Dolphin is Starwood. Uh, They use the Disney Transportation system they're part of magical express i believe no no they were at one point weren't they i'm not sure but now we just tell people they can walk next door (laughs) Um, but they do i know they do use the disney transportation uh, system in terms of the buses and the boat launches uh to get to um the boat launches for epcot and hollywood studios which you can also walk to there's the walking path there uh, and the bus service going everywhere else. Um, and routinely, the price of a room at the Swan Dolphin is significantly less than what you're going to be paying at the yacht, beach, or boardwalk oh, yeah. for the same for the same room. Plus, they have those amazing heavenly beds, which <laughs> are the, you know, in, in my opinion, having traveled quite a bit, the heavenly beds, those Starwood heavenly beds, are the best that are out there. Um, when I'm staying in a Weston or a Sheridan, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to is those beds. And after a day in the theme parks, falling into one of those beds can't be underestimated. So the uh, Swan Dolphin is one of the exceptions to that. But generally speaking, off-property, non-Disney-owned, 
it is a crapshoot as to what kind of transportation you're going to get. So you need to factor that in if you're looking at staying off-site. I used to, when Katie was in the college program, I came down nine times within the year that she was on the program. And I stayed off-site at the Marriott, um, in the Marriott Village there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, theming was not important. It was being here and being able to go to Disney. So I would say to people, keep that in mind. It's like, what are you here for? Are you here to do, you know, all day touring in the parks? Then maybe you could stay off site. You know, to me, I had a car. It didn't make any difference if I was on site or off site. I drove myself to the parks anyway. So I saved, you know, what I saved allowed me to come back multiple times. I think it all depends on how you vacation mm-hmm. and what you're looking for. Um, I know I don't like a hotel room. I don't want to sit on my bed and do everything. And I would prefer more space. Right. And unless you're a DVC member and can get a one or a two bedroom, you get a bigger bang for your buck off site. Well, this is one of the areas that I want to talk about in terms of uh, where the, you know, if you're, if you're talking about a family of, of two, three or four people staying on site, uh, I understand, you know, the rationale. Um, but the minute you go into that fifth person, all of a sudden, now, you have some decisions to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, you can't put five people in a room. There are certain rooms where it's okay. Certain hotels have certain uh, categories of rooms where you can do that. But generally speaking, you need to either go to a quote-unquote home away from home, one of the DVC resorts, um, the one-bedroom units, the two-bedroom units, uh, or uh, Fort Wilderness Cabins. Or multiple rooms. Either way, what you're looking at is a significant jump in price. So, for example, you know, a one-bedroom villa at Boardwalk easily run you $500 a night. Whereas, off-site, you can get a vacation home. How many do, you know, and I don't want to turn this into a massive commercial for Dreams Villas, but it's a good example. How many people can, can sleep? The three-bedroom sleeps eight. The four-bedroom sleeps 10, and we start at $99 a night. Exactly. So, I mean, significant savings. Um, I do want to also address the the transportation versus the driving thing. There are perks to driving your own car. Mm-hmm. Not only is there the freedom and the flexibility of it, but also you get to go beyond the parks. You know, you're not just locked into Disney property. Right. And that's the type of guest that we get. We get the guest who doesn't want to go to Disney seven days. They go to Disney three or four, and then they head out someplace else. If you're visiting Disney-only Disney, staying on site is a good idea. Right. Yeah. If you want to visit Orlando and all it has to offer, and it does. There's a lot to offer. You're an hour, an hour and a half from each coast. So, you know, you're within a very short drive to the beaches and things like that. Uh, staying off site is considerably cheaper. The other thing I want to talk about, you made mention of the fact that competition brings the price down. Orlando is a very cheap car rental town. Can be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of competition. You've got, But you've got to do your homework. Right. Like if right. you're coming Christmas week and you want the minivan, you're probably going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I find most people, you know, they get a car if you're getting a compact car or, a, you know, one of those. You can do a friend or 100 bucks a week at most times. So if the you know except for holiday weeks when everybody wants to rent a car, but it is it's usually a very cheap car rental town. I'll address one more point. I was just going to say the Diz has a Hertz discount too. So if you're going to look into saving money on your rental car, the Diz can give you a discount code. Talked about um, 
parking. And people say, well, parking is expensive if I have a car. We talked about the annual pass option. One of the things you can do is if you have a large party, one member of your party can have an annual pass. Mm-hmm. And that will get you parking in, in their parking lot for free. But it also gives you discounts on other things like other passes. So that's what a lot of people do. One person will buy an annual pass. Everybody else gets a couple-day pass. You get money off of it. You get discounts. See, now, free parking. I've, I've stayed, you know, even before I moved down here. Um, I stayed equal amounts on-site and off-site. And I'll just be direct and honest. I always preferred on-site. There was something about the Disney mystique and the magic of how Disney themed their hotels, especially when you're looking at places like Port Orleans, Riverside. You know, when you talk about a moderate resort, I I, I think it is brilliant and completely understandable why that hotel is so popular. Um, You can't underestimate the value of that. Right. It's an intangible. It's not, you know, you can't put that on a spreadsheet and put a dollar value on that per se. So paying attention to the importance of that for you, and it's different for everybody. There's no right or wrong way necessarily to do this. Um, it's individual to your family, whether or not staying off-site uh, is, is right for you. Um, I think in particular where it really comes up is when you have people that need more than one hotel room because they start taking a look at the price and they say, okay, that's outside my budget. So what are my options? So yes, vacation homes like Dreams Villas is an option. 10 people for 99, roughly $99 a night. That's really hard to pass up. Uh, but you know, then there are, uh, there are options like, you know, I've talked about David's DVC rentals uh, on the show before. It's also a sponsor of the show uh, or of the site. And this is where you can, you know, in a very controlled environment, in a very controlled format, you're able to rent other people's DVC points. They're not using them. They give them to David's DVC to rent for them. David's charges a certain amount. I think it varies. I'm not sure exactly what the standard is right now. But you can then get that one-bedroom a villa at Old Key West or at, at uh, Boardwalk or any of the other DVC properties that may have cost you four or five hundred dollars a night for significantly less. Uh, we also have the Rent Trade Board on disboards.com where people put their own, uh, you know, do it themselves. And uh, I do believe it's a little less. The average pr- price per point is a little less on the Rent Trade Board than it is at David's. Um, but uh, I think the last time I looked, it was about twelve or thirteen dollars a point is what it was averaging. So you think about it, you know, if you rent something that needs one hundred and fifty points for the week at thirteen dollars a point, what are you looking at? Eighteen hundred dollars or so. Um, so there are significant savings that way, but a lot of times it's about staying off site and doing your research. I, you know, I can recommend like there's Sheridan Vistana Villages and Sheridan Vistana Resort. Uh, the villages over on uh, uh, I Drive, there it's amazing. They're homes. lovely. They're almost homes. They yeah. are. In, they're gorgeous. And something else that's really important when you talk about staying off site. If you have multiple people in a hotel room, having more than one bathroom in the morning for people to get ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. The other thing is, and a washer and dryer. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> Again, we're talking about Dreamsville. Is ten people can stay there. There's three bathrooms, and the house was built with a sink and mirror at the end of one hallway, so that someone can do their hair or put on their makeup and not tie up a rest a bathroom. Right. But what I was going to say was, I know that 
coming home and having separate space for people after you've spent a long time in the parks, there's a lot to be said for having separate areas of the house for oh, people yeah. to just have some downtime. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from four people sleeping on two beds with one chair. The, one, one of the other perks we didn't talk about about staying on property is the My Magic Plus, My Disney Experience. You get to do your ride reservations earlier Yes. than if you're staying off-site. You do get to make your... Uh, magic bands are now available for people staying off-site. You have to pay for them. Right. But you do get to make your FastPass Plus <laughs> reservations uh, 60 days in advance versus 30, I believe, mm-hmm. for off-site. So that's another consideration that Dude, that, that you have to play some, into. Some of staying like on-site, for me personally, was a lot of nostalgic uh, reasoning. Like I was kind of spoiled as a kid. The place we always stayed at was the Polynesian. Mm-hmm. That's where I stayed every time we went with, with uh, my mom and my dad. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's not the same when I'm off-site. You know, it, it, it also depends on the visit. If I'm with my wife... You know, we're probably going to stay either on site or we're going to stay at a nicer place. Uh, if I'm by myself, like this trip, I get the cheapest thing I can find because I'm barely in the hotel room. It's like as long as it's clean, you know. The other thing I think I, I agree with you. If you're here for a short time, staying on site to on site is a good idea. I get tired of Disney food. I get tired of being held captive. Somebody's, Somebody's disagreeing with me. <laughs> How dare you disagree? I, get, I like the idea of being able to venture out. I like the idea of having a car. The yeah. um, I, see one of the things I think is a perk of staying on site. I think Disney's counter service, especially in the hotels, has gotten dramatically better in the last five to ten years. Um, the ease and convenience of getting that food versus when you're staying off site and you have to drive somewhere, mm-hmm. um, I think is also plus, you know, generally speaking, what you're talking about for uh, what you're talking about for like breakfast, uh, I think on average about $10 a person for breakfast uh, at the food courts, about 15 to $17 a person for lunch um, and maybe about the same, or maybe a little more for dinner. Uh, and generally speaking, obviously there are exceptions to every rule, but generally speaking, I've found counter service on property to be uh, to be very good, be very good now. Um, There's far better than SeaWorld, far better than Universal yeah. uh, when it comes to counter service in particular. Um, Disney's really up their game in the dining department. There's some of the offsite hotels, though, that do offer like a breakfast in the morning. Some are a continental breakfast, some are... I know at the that Marriott Village they had you know bacon, eggs, whatever. So you could get a free breakfast. But again, Buena Vista Suites. Buena that. Vista Suites does the free breakfast. It, their the suites average about eighty nine dollars a night, um, and includes a free hot breakfast. We put Kevin's it, aunt and her kids in one, and she was she raved about it. Yeah, no, my beautiful I, big put, rooms. The breakfast was great. Put my family there too. So and it's really. And I want to be. I, I want to make sure that I'm doing full disclosure. We do have a financial relationship with Buena Vista Suites, um, but the reason I have a financial relationship with them is because I like the product, and I will put my family there. Um, you have to be careful about that. I'm glad you brought that up, the free breakfast thing, because certain places they'll advertise that. It's a piece of toast and a toaster in the corner. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. And you have to be if, if that's if that's a selling point. If that's important for you. If you think, well, I'm going to be saving money on breakfast because it's incl- and, and, and you're dissatisfied, then maybe you should have just gone someplace else. Or you can rent a place that has a kitchen. You know, <laughs> bring some food and have breakfast in the room. That saves money. I think the biggest thing is it's a financial. 
Yeah, it's, off property. The decision to stay off property is almost always financial. Right. Um, I think there are people that have, for nostalgic reasons, developed. You know, over time, they stay at the same hotel off site, and they just love that hotel. And you know, more power to them. But I think, generally speaking, that decision is financial. If the finances aren't the main driver in your decision making process, then you're more likely to stay on site. Um, I would also say one of the big things is size. But that also ties into the financial aspect. If money's no object, you can rent whatever you want on Disney property. You can rent the grand villas with three. Well, generally speaking, I think hotels offsite, hotel rooms offsite tend to be larger than hotel rooms on site. Disney got into that whole that whole mindset of you know three hundred and fifteen square feet makes a hotel room, um, where that did not necessarily translate to the rest of the world. Um, I think there's enough options now that even unless you really want the lowest rate where you could stay in a hotel room off-site, the options of condos and timeshares and vacation homes are such that they're competing with a hotel room. You'll find much bigger accommodations for less than the price of... Right, and if you wanted a a hotel room on Disney property, or on 192, off-season, you can probably get one in the $39, $49 a night range. But I would caution, I would caution... Any hotel room at $39 a night, you better manage your expectations. I don't care what it is. <laughs> manage your expectations. Absolutely. At $39 a night, I've seen it. I've seen it too many times in this town. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At $39 hotel rooms, but you're not alone because there are bugs in there with you. Yeah. So there are some tips that I have if you're considering staying off-site that I would recommend that you, that you do. Number one, TripAdvisor. Number one, TripAdvisor. I swear by TripAdvisor. Just look up Orlando, Florida, and see what hotels are recommended in order of ranking. And it will show you the general price points. Um, If you put your dates in, it will give you specific pricing uh, and availability. Um, And I trust trust TripAdvisor. The other place to go visit is on disboards.com. We have the Orlando Hotels and Attractions Forum. Uh, a lot of people talk about the places that are trending right now, and oftentimes that's where you're going to find people talking about the stuff the rest of the world hasn't figured out yet. <laughs> and the good and the bad. The we'll good and the bad. <laughs> but I find with TripAdvisor, if you take off the top ten percent mm-hmm. and the bottom ten percent, the truth is somewhere in that middle section. I disagree. Um, every time I have followed TripAdvisor's recommendations for the top one or two hotels. They've been dead on the money, dead on the money. So that's the first place I look is what's their number one hotel. Now, if that's out of my price range, I keep going down until I see something that is. But I absolutely, you know, that's part of doing your research. Like I said, the Orlando Hotels and Attractions Board um, is another place to do good research. Taking a look, especially if you're talking about parties of uh, five or more. Considering vacation homes like Dream Villas or David's DVC rentals for uh, for DVC points or the or the DVC rent trade board that we have on disboards.com. You were getting ready to say something. I was just going to say another thing that you might want to consider when you're staying off site is the traffic from the park <coughs> to your resort. If you've got young kids that need to take naps, it's very easy to jump on a Disney bus, go back to your hotel. If you're trying to get back to your villa or home or what, again, it's how does that all work for you? Absolutely. 
And also, before you automatically dismiss staying on site, do your research first. I think a lot of there, there are there. I think there is an audience of people that say, "Now Disney's just too expensive." Well, it is sometimes, but oftentimes you can find good prices depending on time of year. If you travel during value season uh, versus peak season, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes page where all those seasons and the prices at all the hotels. I'm like the free dining thing. They haven't mm-hmm. killed that off, have they? No. Yeah, no. so that that's, I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere. There's no also. announcement of it for this year, but it's kind of a thing that people come to expect, and we expect yeah. Disney will release free dining. Well, so again, if you're staying on Disney property and you can eat for free, that's a huge plus to uh, the bottom line. We're, we're still... We're still about a month away from the start of when does free dining happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I may have just um, started something where that <laughs> starts trending on the boards. Um, last year it was early May. Uh, this past year it was early May when they released it. So, um, but yeah, now that's a that's a game changer. That's a game changer right there. That free dining, but of course it's in September. It's when kids go back to school. Right. That's why Disney does it. Yeah. And uh, the it's hurricane be, season. So, <laughs> although knock wood, we've been very fortunate. A great year. We've had Do great not several jinx years. Us, okay. <laughs> I knocked wood. I knocked wood. Um, but if you're if if you're automatically dismissing staying on site, uh, I would encourage you to do some more research first. Um, that you know, especially where the all stars are concerned, Pop Century is concerned. These are great alternatives. You can find some really good prices at different times of the year. Um, don't dismiss on-site, especially with the perks. You look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I was even one thing that completely slipped my mind, but uh, over at Universal, Cabana Bay. Uh, oh, I yeah. loved it, Cabana yeah. Bay. It can yeah. have really good rates at times that match everything for Disney. In their family suites, they can sleep up to six, mm-hmm. so there's no issue with that. And so you, 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 know, you have to rent a car or take a transportation over to Disney if you wanted to get over there, but it can whenever they're running great promotions it can even include park tickets to universal too so you can still get to see something even if you don't want to use it i say this anecdotally because i haven't researched it recently um but cabana bay for a family suite comparable in size to art of animation mm-hmm. half the price of art of animation for that How same much did family you pay suite. For your brother? My brother stayed there the week after the first week in January, the first weekend in January, and I paid one thirty nine a night. Was yeah. that for a family suite? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the process of trying to convince my parents to uh, spend some time there on the way to Miami for the cruise. Talk about um, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. This is 1960s beach resort. <laughs> it's amazing. I, right love it. I fell in love with it, and well, I don't want to turn into a commercial for Universal, but Universal offers offers packages where you can actually transfer between Disney and Universal. So you do a split stay with Disney, they'll come and get you, take you to their property, and then you can yeah. stay and there. My whole point was just all of Universal's hotels have such a high level of theming the same way as Disney's hotels do. They're different. There's none that are too similar, but they're beautiful in their own right, too. And it could gorgeous. actually be a great way to transition into another place. I have stopped reading chat, but someone in chat asked about pet-friendly resorts. And are all of the resorts at Universal Everything but mm-hmm. Cabana. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Portofino, Portofino Bay, Hard Rock Hotel, and Royal Pacific are all pet-friendly. Many Lowe's hotels, in fact are pet friendly. It's kind of a corporate policy. However, there are things you need to be mindful of. A, there is 
a deposit. I don't know exactly what it is. But I think it's yeah, 150. Is 150 plus there's an additional charge every night added to the room when you have a pet. You are limited in the rooms that you can have. Uh, and they do require a lot of documentation about the dog's vaccinations and uh, things like that. Um, they are also, I do not believe, open to exotic pets. <laughs> so we're talking really dogs here. Um, and maybe, Can't bring your, your giraffe like or zebra. I don't know that people travel with their cats, um, but uh, <laughs> Teresa, Teresa would. However, none <laughs> of the hotels at Disney are pet-friendly. However, Disney does have... A kennel on property. I, I think that um, the cabins at Fort Wilderness have a pet-friendly area because I didn't think they not were. the cabins. Right. You cannot have you bring the campsite. The campsites. Oh, the campsites. Do. Okay. The I campsites saw a girl do. with a dog last time I was there. That's right. uh, I will. I want to say something about. Uh, I'm going to do a full write-up on this. Um, but we put Abby in uh, best friends pet care uh, during the seven and seven. I put her in, and I. I got to be honest. I struggled with it. I was emotional doing it. She's young. This was the first time really, you know, she would stay with mom, but she's she's too rambunctious as a puppy. She's at about 40 pounds now. She's grown quite a bit. Wow. She just was just six months old on the 30th. Um, she's too rambunctious for mom right now. Until she calms down, my mother can't handle her. Um, so, you know, I need a place to, to put her. So we, we put her at Best Friends. And... I was nervous about it because it's not my family. Mm. and That's the hardest, especially you know, the first time. I, you know, the first few days I was like calling up like, how is she? You know, <laughs> and going over there and checking on her and making sure she was okay, looking for marks. And um, I got to tell you, they did a brilliant job. I'm they hoping were, that at some point we actually do a segment on them because we left our dogs there too. I think they make a really good segment. There's a lot of animal lovers, we've done dog lovers now. who would get a lot out of. I'm, I I'm a new like I I got a dog in um, June, and so I the first time I had to travel and leave was September for a wedding, and that was the first time I started researching um, the Disney kennel, the best friends, and um, so I'm very interested in that too because I I'm now learning like what chains are pet friendly, where you can go, and what, right. what Pete was talking about too about. Um, the deposit too always trips you up because when I was driving back from Massachusetts for Christmas with him, um, we had to look up a hotel and we stayed there, but we forgot. And it said it was pet friendly, but we forgot to tell them we actually had the pet. So I had to call back and then like make another deposit for, for my yeah. dog. I do need to let you know though, I won't belabor this point, but if you're thinking about booking a stay at Disney and using best friends during things like marathon weekend, yeah, it's crazy. It, it sells out pretty quickly. Uh, All right. I don't want to spend too much time on, on that. Um, we we can come back to that in another segment, but uh, you know Universal is certainly an option too. I wasn't originally going to include that uh, in this discussion, but uh, Universal is certainly an option. Staying offsite, especially off you know not Disney, um, if you're considering, especially if you're considering vacationing at Universal. Uh, one of the things to consider there, the one thing Universal hotels do, or at least the three major ones, that no Disney hotel does, is your you get front of the line access uh with port if you stay at portofino uh royal pacific or hard rock um as a hotel guest you get front of the line unlimited front of the line access at the two theme parks you do not get that at cabana bay nor will you get it at uh, the new one that's opening uh what's the name of it sapphire again? falls sapphire falls um so universal is certainly but again those price points are equal to disney in most cases, in I, terms of... I think a really important um, thing that everyone has to ask themselves uh, is, is 
do you see yourself going back to Disney uh, again in the near future, or is this the the one trip? You know, do you see feasibly financially? If it's that one trip, make it count. And and, and my advice would be get the best place you think you can realistically afford. That's a great. That's a great advice. If you're going to be back, then you're going to be back. You know, I mean, nobody can see into the future, but you know, like when I go, we go all the time. We, we're down here in Orlando, popping around with our annual passes at Universal and everything. And, you know, we're not worried about it. We're we're like, oh, we'll just stay someplace, and you know, but we like to stay on property. But if we don't, we don't. Well, you know, I'll give you an example that you know, for me, in terms of making that decision when I go to California, when I go out to Disneyland, um, <laughs> I have stayed off site. And I think it, I've stayed at the Hilton. I've stayed at the Sheridan uh, out there and had perfectly nice experiences at both of them. Great rooms, reasonable uh, access to the parks. Uh, the Sheridan in particular was awesome because my mom was in a scooter. And every time we wanted to go anywhere in the area to a restaurant, they brought a handicap accessible van out. That's wonderful. That's I mean, awesome. I mean, That's really good service. Just, it was, and then you know, gave us the phone number when you're ready to come back, call us. And they That's great. Wow. And this was not an overly expensive property either. Very nice property, really well run. But all that being said, all that being said, I like to stay on site. Mm-hmm. I think Disneyland is a different animal, only because everything's within walking. You can walk to everything. Yeah, I mean, in, in that regard. But for me, in terms of the feeling that I have. About that, it's the same as when I lived in New Jersey and vacationed down here. Will I stay off site? Yes, if I, you know, if I have to for financial reasons or whatever, I will. But my preference is absolutely to stay on site. Yeah. Um, I never, you know, I was always excited to come to Disney World. I wasn't always excited to stay off site though. Um, I'm just being honest, and you know, my hope my advertisers forgive me, but I just got to be honest. What's well, that bubble? It's that that, that bubble that everybody talks about. It's like you're kind of leaving the real world, and you're. Mm-hmm. You when know. I when I was a kid, we drove down all the time, and and I think it was a financial thing. My mom, single mother, four kids, and my grandmother, and so we always stayed off site. So I didn't stay on a Disney hotel until I was 18 years old. And I, I got to tell you, like, I was blown away by the ease of everything because one of the biggest memories I have as a kid is staying somewhere in I drive. But I remember just being so close and, be, and taking, like, forever to get to the hotel. Like, I could see it as a kid in the backseat. And I was like, I just want to get out of this car. So I don't even know what my, you know, mother or grandmother felt like at that point. So right. it's another thing, you know, you avoid. So I think the, the takeaway that I want to leave everybody with is that it is ideal to stay, in my opinion, to stay on site. But if for whatever reason you can't, there are a lot of really good options. Just do your homework. Mm. Um, the Lake Buena Vista area has some great hotels. There are some great options uh, over in Kissimmee. There are some great options on International Drive. There are some great options up at Universal. Uh, it's about seeing what you can afford, what's important for you and your family, and what makes sense. But there's a lot of resources out there, and I encourage you to check them out. But, you know, the inability to stay on site doesn't mean you're going to have a lesser vacation um there are a lot of great options out there and that's the point i wanted to make with this segment so with that we're going to end this episode we hope you enjoyed it we'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the diz unplugged thanks for being with us everyone and remember stay out of the damn lakes 